folks, welcome back to a big episode of Trainwreck tonight, episode 188. I'm your host, General L, joined with Maniac today. This is a very special Thanksgiving week edition episode. Show sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. Get to picassospizza.net. Check out their four West New York locations. And very big time guest tonight, his second time on Trainwreck tonight, Liam McHugh of NBC Sports. Let's go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Like I said, we have our very special guest, second time coming on Trainwreck Sports. We got Liam McHugh from NBC Sports. Liam, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me out. It's been too long, guys. It has been a minute. What, it was 20 months ago or roughly or so? We were talking Nate Oates was still budding with UB, taking them to another level. And yeah, it feels like it was 20 years ago. But I will say, second time for uh, Liam coming on. And that's when it becomes real. It starts from being polite and we start to get real. So glad to have him on for a second episode. 20 months does feel like 20 years. We've all aged. You guys look fantastic, though, I have to say. Same to you. I, I feel like, I don't know, this quarantine, man, it's been, what, we're going on eight, nine months now. Pretty crazy. And Liam, that's what we wanted to start off and ask you, obviously. It all started off back in March. We're wondering... When's the NHL playoffs going to happen? When's the NBA playoffs going to happen? So wanted to talk to you about your experience, you know, working the NHL and that bubble in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm sure the next question was if there's going to be an NHL playoffs and they change it, are the Sabres going to somehow squeak in? And then we found out, no, not going to be. We're going to get to that year. in a second, Liam. Yeah. I want to talk about outrage. You want to talk about outrage? <laughs> I just wanted to set a tone for this whole thing yep. right off the bat. Uh, it was... You know, it was strange. I mean, uh, I'm working from home. I have three little kids. Uh, and everyone's trying to put something on TV to keep people entertained while we're waiting for sports to come back. And I remember when we announced uh, what was going to happen with the NHL, the plan going forward, I did a hit with a show, NBC Sports Chicago. And uh, it's from my house. And we have this whole thing rigged. And all of a sudden, uh, I hear a producer in my ear in Chicago. is like, oh, what is that? I, I don't know what's happening. And later on, I get a picture. Apparently, my seven-year-old son was walking through the house, uh, had just a towel on, and was about to take it off until my wife was like, no, what are you doing? He'd been like playing in the sprinkler outside. He doesn't care. He's walking right through. So that's basically what I was living with. And then we got into hockey. And I have to say, uh, it was excellent just to be working. It was strange, to, but great to have hockey on all day long to start in the afternoon and bring it all the way through the night. Uh, you know, I worked on the longest games in NHL history, uh, yep. you know, epic second round marathon of a game. Uh, but I think we we're all just so happy to have something to distract us. And I'd say the NHL did a great job. They did a fantastic job. I thought the product was great. And I think in the end, we got a real Stanley cup champion. There's no asterisk next to that. The yep. team that deserved to win deserved to win. 
so it was cool. And it was really just the start here. And now we're trying to figure out how to do things right. And the NFL is doing this college football is doing it to, you know, not as, not as successfully, obviously trying to live with sports without the bubble. Yeah. And then that game you were talking about, didn't that push like hurricanes Bruins to like 11 AM the next day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. had to. So, and I started that game with one set of analysts in the studio. We switched three times three different sets of analysts that's how many people we filtered through because you know these are patrick sharp and keith jones these are beautiful important people they can't stay the entire time they didn't have that on their schedule they had to go back and hang out at the hotel uh <laughs> but it was it was great you know you want to get loopy by the end but it did it push games to the next day and i don't know it was one of the most incredible games i've ever seen it was you know and the lightning uh, against Columbus and yep. we saw Seth Jones. He was an absolute machine in that game. Lightning eventually win it. Lightning go on to win the Stanley cup. But uh, I don't know. It, it was cool. And now we know also like it, it was the final run for doc Emmerich. Uh, yep. So, you know, you, you try to take those moments and savor them because it feels like, you know, especially to me, like uh, no one is more synonymous with their sport than doc Emmerich is, you know, it just feels yep. like he's the soundtrack for, Hockey. Yeah. Real quick, and, and, before we get into doc stuff, I got to ask about that long overtime game. They always tell stories, you know, from famed overtime games. Oh, they were getting snack from the concessions. Was there any good snacks going on during those, you know, I guess for the regulation period for you guys was kind of your overtime. So any good snacking, any good activities going on in the meantime there? So unfortunately, because of the pandemic, because of quarantine, like everything is now like individually boxed, nobody touch anything, nobody go near anything. So, which is a shame because uh, if it had been any other year, it would have been nonstop just eating disgusting bad food, like the, the worst possible food you could possibly have. Uh, just devouring pizza followed by candy, uh, you know, and then the fruit platter that they would deliver to us would just sit there. Just no one would touch that the entire time. Uh, but it's cool to work games like that with Keith Jones because he played in one of the longest games of all time. And, you know, he tells this great story about, like, basically guys are just eating pizza. They ate all the food in the entire arena during the course of an epic overtime playoff game. And he comes out. They're in the locker room. They're waiting to go back on the ice. And he comes out. He's got his shirt off. As he puts it, he's got his gut out. He's rubbing his belly. And it's like, all right, guys, you know, you want to end this thing or what? Like, I mean, nobody keeps an atmosphere looser than that guy. It started as a player. It continues as a broadcaster. And I'm going to put it out there. I, I think you guys, you got great hockey town in Buffalo. You guys know Keith Jones. I think Keith Jones is one of the greatest broadcasters, one of the most underrated broadcasters out there. And, and Liam, like you mentioned about uh, at the beginning of quarantine, we wanted hockey. We wanted the NBA. Maniac, we were talking about South Korean baseball at 5 a.m. Like, that was getting us up in the morning. We were waking up at 4.35, remember that? In, in, re, in related news, congrats to the Dinos who just captured that championship today. I mean, I, yep. I mean, with all due respect to the KBO, I lost track of it when the NHL, NBA, yep. MLB all came back. But, I mean, yeah, we were living and dying those those KBO games, 5.30 wake-ups. And, and Liam, that, gotta, just, that just happened. They won. They yes. just won. And, and I, again, I hate, I hate to sound ignorant because I, I claim to be such a big fan of KBO when it was going on. That that championship sword, Al, incredible. They they had a giant sword that they were just like they were like all like they were all like King Arthur, Liam. It was insane. There's got to be a way to stream the parade. There has to be because we need to see this through. Yes. I think at this point. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. You were desperate absolutely desperate i mean you're locked at home you just want some escape uh you turn on the tv news is everywhere the news is horribly depressing uh so you turn it on you kind of get your update you know what's going on in the world yep. and then you want to switch that off and you want to think about anything else and really there's nothing better than live sports uh, to escape with and i know there's this idea of like you have to mix in what's happening in the world and you do Yep. But there has to be moments where you're just thinking about the sport. You're just thinking about the game. And I think we did a nice balance of that. Yep. And I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward. I'm desperately looking forward for things to get back to normal for obviously for health reasons, but certainly for sports reasons as well. Because uh, while it was amazing, there were some moments, and we're seeing it more, I think, now with football, uh, where you're like, wow, like in that moment, can you imagine what the fan reaction would have been in the stadium, in the arena? And, talk, and like, don't even get me started with potentially a Bills home playoff game with no fans. How depressing is that going to be? 
the best the best Buffalo Bills football team. Don't want to get sidetracked here. We'll get back on that. But yeah. potentially having no fans is just that very sad and depressing. But uh, before we get before we get out of the NHL, real quick, I wanted to ask you, what are the odds? Do you think the NHL post COVID and virus will do another NHL playoff like that, like hockey all day, twelve to ten PM? I think that's fantastic. Why not? I, I would say I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, especially given the fact that we uh, we know it's going to be a shortened season. We know that uh, the playoffs are going to be pushed back a little bit you'll be, yep. you know, deeper into some summer months. And I think there's some appeal there uh, where during the day you could get some viewership that ordinarily maybe you wouldn't. Uh, and let's be honest. I mean, in the end, that's what it's all about. They want as many eyes on it as possible. But I think they were pleasantly surprised, obviously, this year with how many people uh, tuned in the afternoon. Granted, captive audience, everyone was at home. Uh, I hope so, because I loved it. Uh, I like the early starts. I love the idea that any time of day, you see me love just it. turn the TV on and there was uh, some sort of playoff atmosphere, uh, playoff intensity, at least on the ice. I mean, I, I really hope so. Uh but we'll see. They got a lot to figure out. I mean, they're just trying to figure out how we get this thing started. And hopefully it looks like we'll get things started in January. The nice thing for the first round was versus having, you know, four Eastern or three Eastern conference games at once, you start the day with, you know, the Islanders, you see that the Islanders are getting hot, you know, versus being forced to watch, uh, you know, like lightning Maple Leafs probably would have been where my attention was for the first round, but we got to see the Islanders starting. Well, you know, they were hot all season for sure, but getting hot at the right time as they eventually went to the Eastern Conference House. The other thing I wanted to talk about from a production standpoint with you, Liam, uh, obviously the bubble, you mentioned it with your child running around in a towel. There was also a couple great moments uh, on the transitions from ice to studio. One particularly I remember was where I think they introduced you as Catherine Tappan and it just came <laughs> back to you and you're like, they're going to be surprised to see me as the yeah. Islanders. Like, like it was so smooth where if you weren't literally listening to what they said. And so my question, when I mention all these, you know, hijinks is, do you think that this whole, you know, situation kind of either, I guess you could call it pulling back the curtain or kind of broke the fourth wall as far as a traditional broadcast perspective it goes. Uh, you know, I, I love that question because uh, this is how I think of broadcasting all the time. Uh, you know, there is this idea that you want to have this event atmosphere, right? You want people to know something big is happening. But there's also just this, you know, it's a couple guys sitting around talking about sports. And uh, I feel that way. And I, I really feel that way with, with the hockey guys, mainly because I've just been working with them for so long. Uh, I'm very loose with them. And I want that. Uh, I want that to bleed into what we're putting out in the broadcast. So I hope that's the case. Now, listen, do I get emails and texts from people who are like, hey, maybe tighten things up a little bit here and there? Remember, the I, I love this. Remember you're on TV, which is true. Particularly I mean, with the sponsorships, for sure. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> without question, with the sponsorship and with the language. Because no, let's face it, I am surrounded by like, hockey players. Oh, uh, yeah. And you know, the language is what it is. And listen, I grew up on Long Island. So uh, cursing is an art form down here. So it's right up into, and I can tell you, it's like right up until the producers of my ear counting down. So if we have someone fill in, that's not Catherine, uh, not used to the guys, like it's an eye-opening experience, but I hope so. I think it's better when it's loose because the best parts of those broadcasts are the conversation and the conversation best when it's loose, when it's organic. So uh, I hope that's a, a trend we keep with. And then, yeah, when we get to the Stanley Cup final, when we get to conference finals, game sevens, we're going to build up your big game atmosphere. It's there, but uh, the looser, the better for me. Awesome. And, and Liam, final question for you regarding the NHL and this upcoming season. I saw one of your most recent retweets. You were talking about potential uh, one Canadian division, three U.S. divisions, baseball-style schedule. Could you imagine, like, the Flyers coming to Buffalo for a three-game set Friday, Saturday, Sunday? So, like, how real is that? Are you hearing that around in like rumblings in the NHL? Yeah. I mean, I think the idea right now is uh, keep it as safe as possible. Keep the travel as limited as possible. Uh, teams want to play home games. Uh, we're not going to have fans regardless, or you know, if we do, it's going to be so limited uh, that it won't really matter. Uh, but I think it's possible. I think teams can come in because why travel back and forth? Why do the game? And it's different. I mean, if you come to the New York area, yeah, you can come in, you can play the Devils, you can play the Rangers, you can play the Islanders, and you can stay at one hotel right? Uh, yep. You can figure that out. There are ways around this. Uh, 
the one thing uh, that I I think is going to happen, they're definitely going to have that Canadian division. It's going to be interesting to see how they do the playoffs because if they get to this four division alignment, is it going to be division playoffs? Meaning, are you just going to have four teams from each division making the playoffs rather than conference one through eight? And I was looking through this and you guys know, I mean, I, I don't really actively root for any teams. I want the Sabres to be in the playoffs. I would like them to make it. You are a great hockey town. Here's the problem. If the divisions go to what they are projected to go and there is this new Eastern division, it is not looking good for the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. It just isn't. They had a better chance of making it before. Uh, you know, one of the reported divisions is possibly Bruins, Caps, Rangers, Islanders, Hurricanes, Flyers, Devils, and that would be Buffalo's division. I, I don't know that they're better than any of those teams except for the Devils. And I, I can't believe it. We could actually make it harder. Um, but I don't know. The Sabres are better, but if that's their division, who knows? Maybe shortened season. They, they hit one of those hot streaks, which they seem to hit every year. They limit the cold streak and maybe they squeak in, but it's going to be rough. Yeah, Maniac's hair is not getting any shorter. Yeah, I, I was going to save this for the end, but we're going to jump to it now. Liam, I made a, you know, I wanted to give the people of Buffalo something positive to rally around. So obviously, you know, I put myself on the line. I said, in early 2018, I tweeted, I will not cut my hair until the Buffalo Sabres qualify for the playoffs. Now, mathematically, it's like a 50% shot, just, you know. 16 teams making it. They're 100%. Doing, you know, you have, they were 95% after the, the, the early hot streak in 2018. I mean, it's yep. falling apart. So I ask you as a professional, because Al's not allowed to answer this because he loves to see me tortured. Do <laughs> I get any kind of, you know, leverage or out or relief? Like, you know, like maybe like a club's length relief, you know, if this division things happens, which like you said, is going to make it harder for the Sabres. Well, listen, I remember having this conversation. Yes. The last time. All right. I remember you telling me that you were growing your hair because of this drought. And I remember saying, first off, I think the long hair looks good. So I don't know how much of a punishment it is. And I think my suggestion was, if you were looking for a punishment, we should have made you grow bangs. Oh, real actual bangs. During we're this. looking for a punishment, not torture. Okay. In which case, I wouldn't say at this point, if you change divisions and you miss the playoffs, you don't have to grow bangs. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I think, I mean, is there a middle ground? Can, can we, can you cut like just below the ears? Well, well what I did was I hedged and you're going to love this hedge as we transition to a, a couple other areas here, Al. I know we've been teasing yep. it for a little bit, but we yep. got, if the Bills win a home playoff game and if UB wins the Mac football conference and the Mac football Ooh. conference was added over a year ago, which Al signed off on. So we can't, I can't raise a lot Okay. So I got I, some odds. I, I'm, we're getting hot. We're getting hot at the right time, Liam. I, I think that's fantastic. That's a great hedge. It looks like both those things are happening. UB football, unbelievably strong start. Uh, and then the Bills, the idea that you could have a home playoff game here. I mean, and we talked about the idea, you know, the home atmosphere it yeah. sucks. But uh, still, home playoff game. You just get the, uh, frankly, you get the weather advantage at that point. But and, and I like look, it. Good hedge. And Maniac, you're, it's and, not or. So, well, what we It's did, both. This is, me, yeah, this is like parlay. You need for to, yeah. me For me to work in the hedge, it has to be, I need two out of three to happen, Liam. So, so like, so I think that's fair, though. I think I'm looking good. I, I can have a legit shot in these next two months. Real quick, what would you set those odds? Bill or Bills winning a home playoff game and Bulls winning the MAC? That's got to be plus 150, plus 200. It's not that ridiculous. It's not. It's, 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 it's not at all, uh, especially the way UB's playing right now. Uh, now, the Bills haven't won a playoff game since I think I was in college in Buffalo, so history is not in their favor. But it's been incremental steps here, right? Yep. This feels like the logical next step. So freezing yep. cold weather in Buffalo, home playoff game. Sure, bring it on. When you so, win the division first. So. Perfect, perfect segue, Liam. Time to get into NFL Bills and how much fun are you having with these NBC Sunday Night Football broadcasts. It's different this year, man. You know, uh, it's fun. And I love the fact that we're doing it. Uh, and I love the fact that we're still at games and showing people while there's not much atmosphere, we are showing people some of the new stadiums. LA was beautiful. We were in Vegas this past week, uh, very different vibe there. Uh, it, it really does have that death star 
feel like it's all silver and black it's uh it's meant to be intimidating and then it's got this beautiful shot of the strip behind you but you know listen it's a different time to be in Vegas it's not a party scene uh there's no one at the game so I don't know it's 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 strange and I'd say the first week of the year when we did that game in LA and we're we're showcasing SoFi Stadium and rightfully so because it's gorgeous and if you pay five billion dollars it better be gorgeous but it's it felt a bit and I, I was talking to Chris Collinsworth about this as I dropped names randomly throughout this uh that it felt like a rehearsal it did because you know and it felt like the teams were getting ready for a scrimmage it, it did not feel like we were getting set for Sunday night football opening weekend uh so it's different players yeah. talked about making their own atmosphere creating their own energy and we have seen that uh but going back to the idea and certainly if Buffalo has a home playoff game you know it, it's great that they would have won their division. It's great that they'd have a home playoff game, but it's just the idea that uh, not having the Bills fans there, it, it sucks the life out of it. It's a shame. And I've seen some moments here. I just saw Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, that's engineering that late game drive to be Vegas. I saw Russell Wilson, uh, a last minute drive against Minnesota at home. I can't even imagine what Seattle would have been like yeah. during that entire drive. Just, deafening and on the other side you know what Mahomes he would have just quieted everyone uh and I miss that I miss those moments desperately and I miss the fans I mean half of what I do there you know I'm in the middle of the dog pound I'm uh I'm in the middle you know we would be up in Buffalo we're gonna be up in Buffalo in a few weeks I'd be right in the thick of things with those fans uh so I cannot wait to get back to that I know potentially an undefeated Steelers team Coming to Buffalo, primetime, Sunday night football. What a big stretch coming up for the Bills. You got, they'll have four consecutive primetime games. And that Pittsburgh game, I think that's, what, a few days before Christmas, I believe. That's going to be – it's going to be insane. And, unfortunately, yeah, no fans. It's just, uh, hey, hopefully next season, right? That's the plan. Hey, and listen, I mean, it looks like you've got a team now and you got a quarterback and you got a culture where you can say, you know, next season's going to be good as well. Uh, it, yep. it doesn't – it's not a – this is not a one and done. This is not a random winning season. But what I love, and I look at the AFCs, and I look at the Bills right now, and I just look at the uh, – first off, by the way, what a bye week for the Bills, right? Everyone else in your division loses. What a fantastic bye week for the Bills. Uh, couldn't get any better. And then I look at this division going forward now, and you have Josh Allen as your quarterback and uh, the improvements he's made and the idea that you know he's even in the conversation for MVP. And then the Dolphins with Tua. And then you look ahead and the Jets potentially taking Trevor Lawrence and it's the Pats who wind up being in limbo and just how different and how upside down this entire division can be going forward. Uh, It's pretty cool. And I'm excited for Buffalo. The season's been crazy because you had that week one game where they were kind of operationally sound as far as the Patriots go. It looked like they had kind of tailored their game to uh, Cam Newton and everything. But just since then, there have just been multiple times where it seems like not the wheels are coming off the Patriots, obviously, but they're just running into bumps in the road where, you know, Tom would have taken them in a helicopter and flown them over it. You know, it's just incredible to watch a QB not be able to perfectly read the defense at the line, not always get his team up to, you know, the line of scrimmage trick. It's awesome to see as a Bills fan, I hate to take pride in the Patriots not being good, but they've just been elite for so long. So it's just you know, you were worried that you hold, you heard the talk all off season. They still have Belichick. They still have McDaniels. They still have us. So it's just nice to see that there are, you know, gaps in the armor or what'd you say? So yeah, the Pats are basically. Yeah. Yeah. And think about, I mean, think about how the season started, right? Uh, Cam looked so good at the beginning of the season, uh, week one, even week two in the loss to Seattle, right? Stop you want to talk, you want to talk about Sunday night football reactions. How about Seattle with a Cam oh, Newton stop at the goal line? Exactly. I mean, that, that would have been epic. And Remember, back then, especially the way things started with the Bucks. I mean, they stumbled out of the gate. This idea then was that in the divorce, Belichick had won, right? And that was going to be the narrative going forward. But things switch. Uh, listen, I think Cam's played well. Uh, this is also a guy who got COVID, missed time, had to come back. And it's a team that is, like, they're so limited with offensive weapons. Uh, I think that, you know, the bigger question, you know, is, is the Bucks going forward because uh, it looked for a while like they had rounded into an elite team in the NFC. Uh, they crushed Green Bay, crushed Vegas, 
But since then, our Sunday night game, which was an absolute stinker when the Saints destroyed them, and oh. then obviously in Monday night football last night, you know, Tom throws Tom Brady throws two more picks. It's an inconsistent situation for a team that's loaded with weapons and has massive expectations, and that's you know looking to host a Super Bowl, be the home team of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady's been horrible this year, zero and four against the spread, prime time. I mean, he barely beat the Giants. I believe that was yeah. Monday night yeah. football, too. And that uh, should have yeah. told us something going into that Saints game. Yeah. You know, it, it, it should have. But by the way, the uh, the not-so-understated joy that I can sense in your voice uh, in saying that about Tom Brady. Yeah. You're drinking yeah. it in. Oh, for sure. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching that game last night. Yeah, I mean, all Bills fans across Twitter, social media, saying pretty much saying the same thing. Some people hate him. Some people respect him. But yeah, when you see him losing like that, prime time under the lights, 95% of Bills fans are pretty fired up. You know, when you see something different and you like it just because it's different, that's kind of, that's exactly what Al said. There are Bills fans that respect Brady. Yep. And if you don't think Brady is one of like one of the two or three greatest of all time, because there are still Bills fans that say that I, I can't even talk with you. Obviously Agreed. he's one of the greatest of all time, but with well, that I said, that- it's nice to just see him stumble. Same with Belichick. I, and I think that's why that end of that Bears game, you know, is something that people are going to remember forever, right? When he was, you know, holding up. Exactly. I mean, because not so much that someone had made a mistake in a big spot, which it would have been for any quarterback, but it's Brady. I mean, he's a machine. He do- That does not happen with Tom Brady. And even as he gets older, the idea was, well, you know, what won't erode is the fact that his mind can process the game like no one else's. But He's human. He makes mistakes. It just happens. Exactly. But it, we don't think of Tom Brady. It's hard to think of Tom Brady as a human. It is. Yep. Like, I mean, he just, he, he's a football robot out there, but, yep. uh, and he's older than I am. And he's getting, it's amazing. Incredible. So just to wrap, got- a bu- wrap a bow on the Bills talk real quick. It was very interesting. I thought the reaction to the Cardinals Hail Mary, I, I think it really speaks to what you said, Liam, where the organization at is with the culture, the coach, the, the leadership, the quarterback, you know, in the years past when they were just so desperate to get eight made so desperate to break the playoff drought. I think that loss would have broke a lot of people. Honestly, I think that would have just sent people into a fury beyond belief. Whereas I think there were actually a lot of rational reactions to it at the end of the day. Now yep. a little bit over a week out, I think people kind of, you know, it was a loss on the road. They yeah. were, and it was a game where they were under. It happens. Obviously, it happened in heartbreaking fashion. No one's going to deny that. But you know, you pick yourself up, and you're still uh, in a good position in this AFC playoff. There's still a lot to play for. Yeah, and I think the fact that you know, certainly outside of Buffalo, uh, it wasn't framed as how did Buffalo let this happen. It was simply framed as uh, Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate, and DeAndre Hopkins is. Uh, a guy who, if you're going to put a jump ball situation, is going to get that ball no matter what happens. Uh, it was a superhuman play. And it wasn't, it really wasn't framed like the sky is falling for Buffalo. And yep. that, uh, well, here's the, the beginning of this team just spiraling down. In no way was it like that. Uh, I think the only thing that gets lost, and it gets lost, obviously, because what Hopkins did was incredible, is simply how uh, just amazing and epic and memorable the you know, the Allen and Diggs connection would have been uh, because that alone would have been a spectacular end to that game. Yep. But still, I mean, the chemistry that those two guys have, I don't know, I'm so I'm excited for the Bills, man. Uh, I really am. And I'm excited to see him in big spots. And, uh, you know, I got to, I got to meet Josh Allen last year, spoke to him for a while. I like him a lot. I think he's, you know, he's a perfect guy to lead this team. I don't know, man. It's not just that they're good. It's, it's that they're good. They're confident. They're well-coached. They got a good culture and they're exciting. Like they're an exciting team to watch. They're not grinding out wins. Yeah. And another part of that too, is looking back at that Josh Allen quarterback draft class yeah. and seeing where those other quarterbacks are and seeing that, you know, knock on wood, but Bean got it right. You know I mean? Most, and once again, most Bills fans on draft night weren't the happiest. I'd no. say it's probably 75%. We're kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? And look what, look what Bean did. Trust the process. Look at oh, other quarterbacks in that draft class and how happy can you be with where we're at right now? It's, it's and listen, you guys are up in Buffalo. I mean, so you tell me, I, I think there was still this feeling about Josh Allen, even after last season that yeah. Yeah. Very good. And shows us glimpses, shows us flashes, but uh, I don't know, like, are we completely sold that this is the guy who's going to take us to the next level? And, I don't know. I felt like he was trending in that direction. Everyone wants it to happen over, overnight, but 
man, it's been cemented this season. Like he is that guy. He is your franchise quarterback and you should be thrilled about it. If, if we had a if we had a nickel for every time we heard Josh Allen hadn't had a 300 yard passing game on this whole offseason, Trainwreck Sports would have bought one Seneca Tower. That's that's, what I'm, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, or uh, I love the phrase you can't teach accuracy. <laughs> Not something you can learn in the really. I think the guys are going to work on it. They're yeah, going to work it, on some of that stuff. It seems like he yeah. only spent a whole offseason working on his mechanics, resulting <laughs> yeah. in ridiculous stats. But yeah, love it. Love 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 the direction everything's going for sure. And uh, so Liam. Not only was I fired up on Sunday with what happened with the AFC East, I was fired up with Mike McCarthy taking a damn sledgehammer <laughs> to a watermelon and the Cowboys going into Minnesota and getting that W. Why, you ask? It's because before the season, I put in an NFC East future parlayed with the Bills. So I had Bills-Cowboys parlay to win the division. I thought I was out. I thought I was done. Wow. No chance. And McCarthy and the Cowboys get it done in Minnesota. And I feel like I have life. I feel like the Cowboys can win that division. Well, I mean, anyone can win that division. Yeah. But you should feel that. Yeah. And uh, and still, despite despite the injuries on paper, I mean, would you take any of the rosters other than the Cowboys? If you just could take a roster to win a division, you'd have to take the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. I, I think you have to. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, and now, the, first of all, the McCarthy game is fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, it seems out of character he doesn't care yep. i'm gonna go with this i'm gonna own it players loved it that's a huge win and why not at this point so now you get thanksgiving you're playing the football team right playing washington uh you're trying to win two in a row both teams riding one game winning streaks which in the <laughs> nfc east means something means don't, let, it, don't let them get hot don't let them get hot right <laughs> now uh no man uh, and but I, I look at the offensive weapons. I look at the receivers on the Cowboys. And, you know, if you can make your line hold up, why not? You should yeah. win this division. That's now, I don't think anyone thinks any, your team's going to win a playoff game. Uh, but I, I like it, man. Uh, you're looking good with the Bills. The Cowboys are right there in the mix. Yeah. And you got Mike McCarthy going Gallagher at this point. So someone, uh, you know, a colleague of mine said that, the Gallagher one's good. I think we'd all like to see a coach go carrot top. Uh, but he put up, do you recall the amazing Jonathan? Remember that guy, that comedian? You guys are too young. He was like was a magician comedian. I need, I need a coach to go look him up. I need a coach to go full amazing Jonathan on us. Amazing Jonathan. We'll be looking at that after the show. All right. Yeah, just edit it out in post. It didn't land with you two. Yeah, guys. with the eyes. <laughs> I mean, the eyes, like, right, the eyes alone. Liam and your comedians that no one's heard of. If there's one, if there's one program that, that appreciates a casual nature, like you said, Liam, and auspicious references, it's train wreck tonight. Well, I'm feeling better about myself. Right, so so <laughs> Liam, gotta ask you about, you know, on Sunday night football, you make the picks. Do you consider Mike Tarico a sharp? <laughs> well, first off, a sharp should just look at the basic data right away and decide that uh, something is right, something is wrong. And in that respect, Mike Tarico has done that because he has shown the world that no one else on that panel, myself included, has any idea what we're doing. And he has decided that he is going to pick less, which, by the way, I like to point out, I have to pick first every time just because of logistics, I am there. So I don't get to just listen to everyone else's pick and then pick against them. Mike Tarico does. And because of that, he has brilliantly decided, I don't care what the odds are. I'm just going to go against this crew because they continue to get them wrong. Uh, it went against the last time, though. He yep. took Vegas. It almost happened. I can't believe that it almost happened again. Yep. But Patrick Holmes rescued me. So, yeah, and Mike Tarico, Mike, first of all, Tarico's operating at a totally different level than the rest of us. Uh, the rest of us are on there, you know, hoping to keep things moving, hoping to keep the uh, train on the tracks. Mike Tarico, I was with him in Philly for a season opener, and a storm blew in, and, you know, it looked like a Ghostbusters uh, sky, and it was just going to rain down and hail, and they moved us off the field. And Tariko was in there with the Doppler radar on live TV doing the weather better, better than any weatherman I'd ever seen. And I was just in awe. Uh, the guy's, uh, he's a living broadcast legend. Don't say it's that to Don, don't say that to Don Paul. 
It's terrible when you see someone casually do something better than like professionals are supposed to do. Like that's just, I mean, that's demoralizing. It's like when, uh, when Jeopardy James was on there, I always think like, what would be my dream categories? Like, I think it was like wrestler theme songs and he just got everyone quicker than like I would have gotten it. Just like, well, I'm, I'm, I can never do this. I can never go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's depressing. Uh, I would think it's one of those like for meteorologists at home, if they were like, Hey, let's turn the game on. And then they watch that and they're like, oh, God, doing this for 35 years. Imagine you just had a tough day. You know, you didn't have your best meteorology oh. report. Like, you know, like, let me take a load off. Let's watch some Sunday ball. Tariko just doing the weather in your face. Oh, and he's using technical terms, but making oh. it conversational and, you know, these clever segues. Uh, I was standing next to Florida at the time. We're just looking at each other. Like, what is happening? This guy's incredible. Unbelievable. Um, real quick, before we get into UB football, final question for you. Wanted to get into like the NBC gambling angle a little bit here. And like, what, just, just out of curiosity, what do producers tell you? Like, what are you allowed to say when it comes to spreads? Cause we always hear, yep. you know, Al Michaels and people from other networks, they drop those lines with like a minute to go. What are you allowed to say? What can't you say? Just curious, just curious. From that aspect. Well, I would say first off it's sports specific. Um, because I think it really depends. I think the NHL has done more than dip its toe now into gambling. You know, they've embraced it a lot more. So I think if something happens, we can have a little bit more of a direct reference, okay. you know, uh, like if we're doing highlights of games and something, you know, a crazy goal at the end, you know, swung things for the over. I think we can directly say it at this okay. point. Uh, football, it's still, you know, it's a gray area. Uh, they've dipped their toe. But, uh, and we can make these sort of fun, funny references. But I will say, I think that we're now at the point, at least like we, we don't have to ignore certain things where like, if it was the biggest upset, upset of the season, and that's not just a reference like, oh, off the top of our head, like it is statistically the biggest upset of the day, of the season. Yep. Without me, I guess, saying the actual line, like minus okay. 15, minus 14, we're in that zone right there. Okay. Uh, or if you're Al Michaels, you just say whatever comes to the top of your head, you know, like, cause I think Al at this point, just, you know, he's your buddy calling the game. Legacy has its perks in that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a little different from Al's point of view, but uh, I think we're getting there. I don't ever see us doing like going full on gambling mode yeah. and talking the spread every game, but I would say, I think we're getting there. We're like, if it's relevant, it'll be looked at in a way like just normal statistics are looked at. I love when he slides in those like, eh, that play impacted some people watching the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and he's like casual, like uh, uh, his puns. He's like an overwhelming field goal there. Yeah. <laughs> and then like just they go fade to black and go. To yeah. And then, and like, and then the commercial just hits you like a wall of bricks because it's like, <laughs> you like left you just like a stutter step. Just terrible. The best. Yeah. Oh. All right. All right, Liam. So next topic, how fired up are you right now about this UB football team? Three, and zero, big matchup here on Saturday, 12 PM. We got Kent state coming to town. Hopefully their bus can make the trip. They've had problems with that before. So hopefully this game can get played, but it's the battle of two, three and zero squads and potentially the winner of this. I mean, we're looking at Cleveland. It's, it's been a gift. Uh, you know, and I said that years ago when UB basketball started, you know, just rising up and, and becoming a, a team that you want to watch week in, week out. And they were on actual national television. And I started reconnecting with friends, uh, people I went to college with who were texting me like, hey, you checking this out. Now, this is something that, you know, we get into football season, I'm NFL heavy. Uh, I, you, know, you get games Monday, you get games Thursday. This year, because of COVID, we had games Tuesday, right? We had two games on Monday. So yep. if I take, if I can get a night off, from football, I kind of welcome it. But now I've been looking forward. I mean, Maction, midweek, we get Tuesday night games. In fact, I don't really know what I'm going to do tonight because I'm so used to the idea of now watching Buffalo on Tuesday nights. Uh, I'll, I'll miss it. I really will. It's been fantastic. It's a gift. They've got a great head coach. Uh, watching Patterson show the football has been a lot of fun. 301 yards in a game. I mean, it, it's been spectacular. Huge game Saturday. I'm excited for it. I'll be watching it from start to finish. Uh, but I like Buffalo, man. Why not? They've been dominant. This is—is is there a buzz up there? Like, are you starting to really feel it around this team? Because I, you're in a Bills season, 
that could pay off in a major way. So is there a buzz around UB football up in Buffalo right now? Yes, but once again, it's, it would be different. I feel like that there are fans allowed it to tailgate or go to the yeah. games. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, Bills and Sabres will always, I mean, for at least for right now, top UB sports. I've always wanted, you know, UB to make that step to be like the true third sport in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're exactly there yet. Obviously, what you saw what Oates did to, you know, have a top 25 team all season. The, the buzz and the vibe there was ridiculous. But it's still, it's a little different this year when it's, kind of that COVID season, shortened season, six games, no fans, might not even be able to go to Detroit. But obviously yeah. those true diehard fans that, you know, Maniac and I talk to and talk, talk to on a weekly basis. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a buzz. Maniac, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'd say the buzz is just starting right now. A couple of factors, obviously. The weird way the season went. Uh, we don't dip into politics here, but early November, maybe not so much oh. attention on the first couple of games of uh, yeah. the UB season playing on Tuesdays. I'd say it's almost like being at the beach. There were a couple waves. You had the Bowling Green wave. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a big wave. It's Kent State. They Everyone knows it. We, yep. They got to beat Kent State. They will be in the absolute driver's seat for this road to Detroit, this road to a match championship. And I think if they get it done against Kent State, those two to three weeks before you know that potential game, there's going to be a big blue wave coming. Because, yeah, like you said, Al, the diehards are there, but it's just starting for the people who typically you know check in on UB football. I, I love that, and I love the fact that uh, with this head coach, with Lance Leipold, what he's done. I mean, Patterson's a great example, right? Kid who was a gray shirt that goes on to be a guy who potentially played in the NFL. Uh, I don't know, man. There's stability. Like, it feels yep. like they can contend for a conference title every single year. Uh, and he can pull in guys. He can recruit guys that maybe other guys aren't recruiting at all. He doesn't have to beat guys. He doesn't have to beat other teams to these players, but he brings them in. He actually develops them. So yes. uh, it, it's, and I think at Buffalo, you need that type of coach and you need a coach who thinks this is a big job. Not yeah. this is my way to a big job. You need them to think this is it. I think they've got that guy. And I think the biggest thing that not a lot of people are talking about, because I guess it truly doesn't matter that much, but to me, it does maniac top 25 votes. You don't, you don't see that in UB football history. That's insane. So, I mean, you had one the prior week. You had three this week. Yeah. Goal blowout Kent State. Technically, they're tied for 33rd right now in the country. That's crazy. Well, I so I think, I think that's it. I mean, they big showing over the weekend. Some teams lose. You're, you could see the Bulls. Oh, Enter I, December, top 25. If I, see a, if I see a number 25, 24, 23 next to UB's name, oh, that's just, that's a perfect Christmas present right there. Exactly like Liam said. It's a culmination of exactly what Lance has been trying to do. He went into that 2019 season. He said, we want to establish a winning program. 2019, like besides, you know, the first game. And I mean, obviously Penn State, they did end up getting blown out. Couldn't have started much worse. They went 0-2 in conference play. They had every excuse to shove it in. People were saying it was a down year for UB. What did they do? They ended up getting their first bowl win in team history. So, I mean, we did that last year. I say we, we're all in this boat together, all in this UB boat together. Uh, shout out PJ Fleck for the boat reference. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's very exciting right now. And like we've been saying, Liam, since uh, since it got announced the season was coming back in Amherst, New York, all roads lead to Detroit. That should be Detroit's motto, I think, at that point. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I'm fired up. Hopefully we can get to Detroit whether it's fans or media, that's definitely, you know, a big thing that we're trying to do. Definitely trying to get there. And I think, listen, like you mentioned, I mean, weird season. It's tough to know how to feel about college football in general. Um, But I think the fact that you get some sense of excitement and the fact that it doesn't become a lost season, no matter what happens at this point, because there's a, you do get a buildup, you do get a buzz and you get a payoff of this. They're on national TV. They can be a top 25 team. It will help recruiting and it helps keep the fan excitement in a year that they're away. So people will come back. No doubt. No doubt. Now, real quick, it is, this is our Thanksgiving week edition episode. Are your plans going to be, you got Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving? I am home. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, wow. there are games all day. I think the idea is why do a pregame when another game is going to wash right over you. Yep. Uh, so my, I'm my Cowboys. Yeah. Hey, listen, and, and, and you know, it's, that's funny. We make fun of them. But like 30 million people are going to watch that game. So, oh, uh, there, yeah. I'm looking forward to I mean, it already. That's yeah, it's, and I'm pumped too. I, yeah. I'm, like I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to sit in my house, watch football all day. And then uh, actually, 
and beautiful things. I'm not traveling this weekend. Mike Tirico is calling the game, so I am in studio for football night. So uh, nice. I, avo- I avoid the trip to Green Bay. Uh, not that oh. I don't love Green Bay. I just, you know, happen to like it a little bit more in early September and on the final weekend of November. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's a, it's a good week. It's, and by the end of it, my wife will be sick of me and, you know, can't wait for a road game to happen so I can get, you know, the hell out of the house again. So, and, I, <laughs> and I know we mentioned Green Bay, and I know we just mentioned Dallas, but Al started off with Pittsburgh. And speaking of Pirates, speaking of Liam's family, I don't know if anybody put a better performance this Halloween than you and the boys, Pirates. Oh, well, first off, I, I put those Pirate pictures out because I got to go down to Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. And I got on the boat. I mean, I got okay. on the boat. And I got a text from a producer who said, hey, they can get you on the pirate ship. I said, great. And they said, would you like to fire the cannon? <sighs> would I like to fire the cannon? Like, of course, like, absolutely. Uh, the greatest, yeah, so I get there, I do that, which by the way, another thing, you know, not that I'm giving away my entire betting system here, Uh-oh. but pretty difficult for me to pick the saints at a moment where they've invited me on the pirate ship and I'm going to fire the cannon that might dictate that might sway anyway. So I, uh, I get to do that. My kids lose their minds. Like I finally impress them. Uh, they don't care at all about what I do. Uh, they turn it off. They want to watch anything else. Uh, but once they saw that now nah, it was full pirate mode in the house, all three. So both boys, my two year old daughter, uh, so I, I was a brief pirate hero for one moment there. We've saved it on the DVR, so that's, you know, every time that they're yep. sick of me, I can just bring that. Love Perfect. It. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, Liam, like I said, thank you so much for joining us on Trainwreck tonight. How we end this show? Shout oh, outs. Real quick, before we shout out, because Liam was talking about name dropping before, and Liam has every right to name up. He's working with the best of the best in the business. That's why, as he put it, they pay him the medium bucks. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying his words, not mine. With that said, I'm, I'm a little upset you didn't name drop one more person. And that is my role model, my hero growing up, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We are talking the Titan games. Season three, can you, can you break any news on Trainwreck? Well, I would say this. Since they didn't have me back for season two, I will probably not be on season three. Well, maybe you can uh, make like a little, so, you know, like they can see what they were missing. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. We can come up with a whole storyline of how yeah. I, I didn't get on that season. I don't think it's going to happen uh, for obvious reasons, but uh, I would say that was one of the few other times that I impressed my kids. Though they're too young to like really know like what a big deal Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. Uh, in fact, they knew him strictly from Moana. That was I it. feel like that's like, a I huge that deal. Voice. But like, I know that voice. So they were pretty pumped up about that. And I just like the idea that stuff was just getting destroyed. Like, oh, like they're knocked down that wall or I take a hammer to that, which led to like a whole bunch of games going on in my house of my kids just destroying things constantly. So uh, in the end, it might've been a money loser for me concerning the repairs that I had to do in the house, but I will not be there for season two. You got to charge those to NBC. And I, I wanted to pitch you on, we can do Western New York Titan games. I, I have two that I came up with. One is you park in the UB parking lot and you have to walk to Alumni Arena within 10 minutes. You can't run because we know we know running on campus is embarrassing. You have to walk. The other one, you go to Washington Square. We're going to reopen it when the NHL season starts. I'm starting that rumor right now. You got to eat 20 wings and then you got to make it to, what is it now? Key Bank Center, Key Bank Center with uh, within a 15 minute period. But we're, we're going to take those. I think there's a lot of potential there. First, I think that's a job that I'd be a much better host at. Uh, I'm, I'm I, oh, you were great. I think, the, I think they kicked you out because your name wasn't flashy enough. You had Champion, you had The Rock, yeah. you, had, you had Golden Boy. I mean, no offense to Liam, but it just didn't have the flash they were looking for in the name. No, and now like every kid is Liam. I don't know if you've noticed. Trendsetter, uh, trendsetter. Yeah, yeah, it's all me. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I love going to playgrounds now with my kids and every mother is just sitting there going, Liam, Liam, stop, stop. It's like on high alert because I'm just just not used to it at all. But uh, so I like it. Titan Games, Western New York. I like the wing one. That'll be good. All right, oh. I'll be hosting. You guys have to be my co-hosts. So. 100%. 
And I think this, I think this summer in Long Island, you need to bring out the sledgehammer and watermelons in the backyard. (laughs) Just go to town with the kids. That's next step. I don't know. We we're not going to wait for the summer. It's a, it's going to be a long winter. We may just, we'll just do it over Thanksgiving. There we go. There we go. All right, maniac, kick us off. Uh, shout outs. Um, so unfortunately UB basketball men's had to postpone their game for tomorrow uh, due to COVID reasons. And Hey, like we've said all along, safety first in all of this, there's a lot of variables at play, especially with collegiate athletes. So we want that safety. Good job on them, you know, doing the right thing, be erring on the side of caution, but UB women's tipping off at 1 uh, p.m. tomorrow. A little scrimmage action. Can't wait to see, hopefully, Summer Hemphill back in action. Diasia Fair and a lot of – and, of course, Coach Jack will be yelling no matter what. So, this is great. Yes. All right, I'll go with my shout-out will be, with it being Thanksgiving week, shout-out to Seneca One Tower, Sean Maniac. I don't know if you saw those lines yesterday, giving out those turkeys for Thanksgiving. So, shout-out to that organization and Seneca One Tower. All right, do I finish up here? You, it's all on you. All right, here we go. I will also shout out the UB women's hoops team. I will also shout out UB men's soccer 1996. Uh, I think we won one game that entire season, but I remember it. We beat Oneonta. We took it to them. Uh, so shout out to all those guys who are now, you know, in their 40s and their knees and ankles, I'm sure, ache daily. So shout out to you guys. Love it. UB soccer, the big win, 96 over Oneonta. We got to see if we get one of those guys on the show. <laughs> I want to get that film. I want to start doing some breakdowns on, you know, what we were seeing from, from young McHugh. Uh, it was the highest point of my UB career. I scored one goal. It was in that game. That's it. That was, that was I, I mean, you scored goals in high school. They were, it was like they were giving them away. You got one b- goal in my career. That's Jerome it. Bettis. Michael Strahan, Liam McHugh, athletes who went out on top. Exactly. Exactly. No one will ever, ever associate those names. That's what's great about this show. Incredible. Once again, everyone, thank you for joining us. Trainwreck tonight, show sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. Check them out, picassospizza.net. Four locations across West New York. Liam McHugh, thank you once again for joining us. Your second time and your third time, it will not be 20 months apart. Ooh, big talk. Well, we'll see if you we'll see if you have the haircut. All right, it's a big, big December and January for Maniac coming up. Big time. All right, big time. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Liam. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.